Hi there, you're listening to the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. I'm Rebecca Valentine, and I'm joined today by... Matt Hendrahan. Brendan Sinclair. And Chris String. This week, we would like to talk to you about football, or soccer, or gambling. Um, one of those things. Uh, specifically, we've had a lot of reason to think about FIFA lately, uh, between FIFA 21 coming out to, honestly, kind of meh critic reviews um, compared to what they usually are. Uh, Matt, you had uh, you did the critical consensus piece on that and talked about you know how how FIFA's scores have been, you know, critical scores have been dropping over, over time. It's a really good piece. You should go check it out. I'll put a link in the notes. Um, and then there was a rash of lawsuits recently levied at EA for its practices in Ultimate Team, including a class action lawsuit filed just this week, alleging that EA is using patented AI tech to increase the difficulty of matches to push players to buy more of its player pack loot boxes. Uh, so Matt, you, you wrote about the, you wrote the critical consensus and Brendan, you also just very, very recently, like literally right before we recorded this podcast, uh, wrote about the kind of the ultimate team practices and wrote about EA kind of having to confront its history of uh, pushing gambling without actually acknowledging that it's pushing gambling. Um, And since Brendan, since you dropped that fantastic editorial, I want to let you kind of kick the discussion off and tell us what it's about. Sure. So this was prompted by uh, yesterday, Electronic Arts unveiled FIFA Playtime. Uh, a new feature in FIFA 21 that lets players uh, see how much time they've played the game and how much, uh, how many FIFA points they've spent opening ultimate team packs and such. And, uh, and then to set limits on both of those if they want. Like say, I can only play this number of matches a week and, and only spend this much. Um, and though, those are advancements. That, that, that's progress. Those are very good tools that, that people uh should have access to in any game like this and i'm i'm actually not aware of uh, another game that really kind of goes out of its way to make make this kind of stuff clear to people um they are also just the bare minimum that uh, a publisher can do and i think it's pretty appalling that um FIFA or EA has had ultimate team modes in its games for 13 years now. And it is only just now getting around to rolling this out. Um, so the editorials about how like, yes, this is, this is playtime is good and it's progress. Um, but it's, it's mostly about the way EA has painted itself into a corner with its, its ultimate team modes. Uh, if if you look at the last decade for for EA, their ultimate team has been a huge part of the company's success. Uh, it's it's been growing year over year, and it's it's just been one of the most reliable earners um, that 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 EA has. And at the same time, we've been seeing increasing pushback against it uh, from players from the press, from researchers and, and doctors who say, you know, this is a lot like gambling. This is pretty bad. And regulators who say, you know, this is actually literally gambling. Um, and NEA has, has spent years just kind of ignoring or downplaying or denying all of that. And then I'm, I'm sort of surprised that it's, it's, this big an issue in 2020 with with 
so much else going on. But the last few months have seen, like you mentioned, Rebecca, uh, a number of lawsuits filed from players over this. A Netherlands district court uh, ruled in a case that had been going on for a year or two that uh, the the gambling regulator there uh, could fine EA 10 million euros for for violating their gambling laws with FIFA. And uh, on top of that, it, it denied EA's attempt to try and keep that fine from ever being made public. So like there's there's traction again all of a sudden in the like in the kind of loot box discussion and it's front of mind for people uh, in a way that I don't think it has been since um, maybe Battlefront 2 at least as it regards EA but over the same span these last few years EA has been building its business more and more on Ultimate Team Uh, I went looking through their annual reports and uh, in Fiscal 2017, they were making $775 million annually, and that was 16% of the company's business. This year, uh, or the most recent year, fiscal 2020 that they've reported, they made $1.49 billion, and it's now 27% of EA's business. So as, as it becomes more and more clear that... Um, regulators, legislators, even gamers are are not happy about Ultimate Team and, and its very close resemblance to gambling. Uh, personally, I, I think it absolutely is gambling, but I, I, I allow that there is a difference of opinion on this subject. Um, as as there's been more, more doubt and concern about whether or not there will be some sort of uh, legislation, regulation, whatever, to to undercut the ultimate team business, EA has been leaning into it and building more and more of their of their business on ultimate team. So what do they do now? I mean, they they've they've like I said painted themselves into this corner. They're trying to introduce these playtime controls as like a concession to this, but they can't actually say um, this is to address gambling concerns because it would be an acknowledgement that they're doing something wrong. And they're still fighting all these these laws and court cases. Uh, so they're, they're in this weird position where they're they're trying to, like, show that they are operating in good faith and responding to people's concerns. But they also can't really do much of substance. They can't acknowledge that there's a problem to fix uh, because of the implications that it would have uh, legally for them. Yeah, I mean, they've sat in front of, you know, parliamentary select committees and argued that this stuff isn't, you know, dangerous or isn't, you know, coercive to people, isn't gambling. So how can they really address what what could... And, you know, again, I'm of the mind that, yes, these are... For me, the, the ultimate team is no different from a slot machine or a fruit machine. It's, it's a form of gambling. I, I think that's unequivocal, but there is at least some debate. But the fact of the matter is, if there's a debate at all, then the, the fact that these things exist in a game with a huge, huge number of players under the, under the age where, like even, even close to the age where you can legally gamble it almost anywhere is, is kind of beyond the pale and certainly something that's it's kind of crazy that it's got this far without having been addressed in any way the the image that I've had in my head is kind of you know EA has shut 
you know, a 12-year-old in a room with a fruit machine for 13 years and then come back in with a card saying, please don't touch, and acted like that's... Uh, that's a, a, an appropriate response. It, it just, yeah, I, I, I think I, Brendan's piece is absolutely brilliant in explaining this issue, this, this idea that EA wants to do something about a, an increasingly controversial and divisive issue that's at the very heart of its most popular game. But it can't admit that it's even a problem because of other things that it's doing around that same issue with regards to court cases and so on. At the same time, you have this astonishing, astonishing figure of 27% of all of its all of its revenue, billions, billions, uh, well, a billion and a half a year or whatever of its revenue coming from just this one source, a, a one part of one game, more or less. I mean, I know it's Ultimate Team stuff is in more than one franchise, but FIFA is the, the main part of it. I mean, it, it is weird because one of the reasons why gambling is regulated is because people become addicted to gambling uh, because they can't control themselves around it. It ruins people's lives. People spend more money than they've got. When really, when you look at it, it, it kind of looks like EA is kind of addicted to, to Ultimate Team. Like it, it has such a reliance on it now that it's. I mean, we know how publicly traded companies operate, right? Like they, their shareholders look for growth. You know, and and that and that has to be perpetuated. Ultimate Team has been kind of the, you know, the linchpin of that growth for EA for best part of the decade now. And what does it do about it? You know, it's it's a company that wants to be for the players. It's a company that, you know, in some in some senses is very kind of you know looks towards its community alliance. It's good on, uh, it's, it's fairly progressive and and and, and good on uh, LGBTQ. Uh, plus rights and, and so on and so forth but this is a really big this is a hugely compromised position it's taken on putting its its players at a, a, a degree of risk and it's really, really really hard to look the other way when it's in front of the European Commission it's in front of Parliamentary Select Committee it's in it's in court in, in Holland in Belgium in class action lawsuits I mean it's a bit of a cliche right no smoke without fire but there's truth there like there is clearly something wrong with FIFA Ultimate Team in a product of this nature and um, yeah we had this fairly small gesture towards towards fixing it but it, it's hard to imagine how they could take any any more steps forward with it and, until they're willing to admit some stuff they haven't been willing to admit for now you'd think the um the the responsible way forward would be to sort of wean themselves off it um before before the government makes them go cold turkey <laughs> we, 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 we wean themselves off it was a very uh, choice phrase there you know get some meth get get, get whatever the uh old, the loot box form of methadone is to get them off, <laughs> the, get them off the junk season passes <laughs> to, to be, to be, yeah, right to be slightly well, so I, I, I've always had, I'm always in a bit, there's a guy, I've got a group of mates that I don't, I haven't played FIFA for a while. I've never played Ultimate Team. And I have a group of friends that are obsessed with Ultimate Team. They love it. So none of them spend more than they need to. So one of them spends loads of money, but he's very rich. Um, and they love it. And there's a young guy in that group. And whenever I bring up gambling, he puts on an old man's voice and suggests that I'm like my parents were when I was a kid, you know, worried about the violence in games. And it's just an old man turning me into a problem gambler. So I'm always a little bit wary of, because I definitely think they're gambling like, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely convinced they are properly exactly like gambling, but I do think they do need to be regulated. But the um, but regardless of what I think there, um, with um, there's a couple of things. So the one hand, um, for starters, EA, when they start, this is part of their positive play charter. And I spoke to them about this. And when they... Um, first talking about the positive play chart one of the reasons they were doing it is because beforehand EA just relied on the console 
protections that exist. You can you can go. You, Microsoft's got amazing console protections. You can stop people spending money. You can set limits to money. How much game time they do. You can do all of that via the Xbox. I think probably can do the same for PlayStation. I know you can do it for Nintendo. So their EA was like, well, I don't need to do it because you can just do it through the console. And then when they introduced the positive play charter, their argument at the time was, look, there was a time when that was a fine argument for us to make. But actually now people only play our game. You know, people are only playing FIFA. They play FIFA all year and nothing else. So actually putting the controls into the console rather than into the game isn't the right move. So I, for my head, it, it feels more of an extension of what they were saying there rather than a, uh, a gambling admission necessarily. Although there, there is an issue there. But the other thing is like EA... Um, we had the situation with Call of Duty recently, where Call of Duty was introducing increasing monetization of microtransactions into its games, and its fans weren't entirely happy. And what Activision have just done is basically release a free-to-play Call of Duty game, um, which has all that stuff in it, you know, and in Warzone. And then they've still got the physical product, which is perhaps now a little bit more story-based, a little bit more, you know, more. I don't know if it's if that's the case. Um, monetization in the new Call of Duty or not? I haven't looked at it at all, but I suspect they don't need to be quite so heavy on overly monetizing that audience when it can do that now in, in Warzone. You know, I can perfectly see EA, because the thing is FIFA on the team, we can criticize it for the way it influences children, but it's actually quite fun um, from what I understand anyway. Um, so um, you can easily create an annual service-based um, FIFA game that is just updated every year, you know, because the thing is with Ultimate Team, they do kick you out of Ultimate Team every year. You've got to get out of Ultimate Team, you've got to get the next Ultimate Team, get the next game, go spend $50, 60 quid, so the other way around, um, on a box and do it all over again. Actually, not not kicking those players out and keeping them in the ecosystem, I'm sure is more lucrative than than, than it is at the minute. Um, it's sort of caught between, it's almost like there's two games in there. There's the normal FIFA where you play around with your mates, you have your friends around, you pass the controller, whatever. And then there's the, and then there's this weird service-based ultimate team, which actually, so, so yeah, so I think, which I think it's actually damaging the quality of the game in many ways. But, um, but anyway. So um, I, I think that, I like, so that solution, Chris, um, I, I think it's interesting because it addresses something which isn't the heart of the problem. It's 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 not always uh, about upset fans, and it's not always about this is hooking children on gambling. Those are uh, those are two big concerns, but that doesn't make the uh, lawsuits and the regulation go away. Because no. you can have this FIFA Ultimate Team standalone game just for adults, but it's still going to be gambling. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, uh, it might undercut some of the like public support for for legislation and, and such. But like, if the issue is you're violating our country's gambling laws, it doesn't, you know, it's yeah, still what, illegal. Yeah, but once you put an age rating, gambling's not illegal. You know, once no, you but you have to be properly licensed and you yeah. actually have to kind of tell people this is gambling. And I yeah. don't know if Electronic Arts really wants to get into that business. Well, I mean, I think this is this comes down to whether it's, it's, it's directly gambling or if it's more of a gambling like thing, you know, putting alerts and warnings up and stuff, you know, don't, you know, careful of your spending and things, you know, it's it's that's something that might have to happen but the, the ultimate team is an enjoyable game from what i understand anyway um uh, yeah but i mean that, that's kind of nice i mean i i just don't think that the enjoyability of fifa on like blackjack's an enjoyable game like it's it's neither here nor there but my point being is it will still be popular just like i feel like it's it's neither here nor there whether some people can play it responsibly like that's really not 
what's up for discussion. No, no, but that's I mean? not what like, I'm saying. I, th- I think that's kind of a defense that EA could mount for it. And I, uh, to, to be clear, like I, I'm not a gambler, but like you say, Chris, gambling's not illegal and it just needs to be put in its proper place in its proper context. The issue we have here is that this we are in a position where this has been decided as gambling by certain authorities and not by others. So it's totally ambiguous as to whether or not we refer to it as gambling or not. I just feel that you can get too caught up with that. Well, it's not gambling, well, it is. The fact that it's so close to that line makes it a dubious thing yeah, to be Yeah, but I, I, wasn't, I wasn't questioning whether it's dubious or not. I mean, I think it definitely is dubious. I don't know how, I don't know if it goes to the strict extreme right. You're talking about how does EA address this? And the truth is they could create a service-based online own you know downloadable whatever it is fifa ultimate team game that lives forever that you know they update it every year with the new kits and stuff but then they and you can buy the players and all this kind of, they could create that game it could be have all the gambling warnings never attached to it it would still be very popular make them loads of money and um and that's all i meant was that you know it, that could potentially even be because as i say you're not asking people to move on every year to buy the next game like the way warzone has been so successful for activision it can you you, you know they could create a product that's built around um, this this entire mode and sort of separate it out from the core game. Because the thing is, FIFA's a great kids game. Like, I used to play it when I was a kid. I used to love it. Well, not FIFA, I think I played. Actually, no, it was a World Cup game, so it was definitely an EA title. I used to play it all the time. And um, I used to play it with my brother, and it was a, it was a wonderful game to play with for children. Um, in fact, well, it's actually, you know, sort of young kids and boys and girls and all this sort of... It's just a it's a great it's a great game but um um and um that's all i was saying like you're talking about what ea can do to um you know to keep the monetization going um yeah yeah well i i do agree with that actually i mean it, it i got a uh brought to mind euro gamers review of it written by wesley and paul one of our one of our colleagues and he said a similar thing i'm going to quote it here um I mean, this is an incendiary first line of the paragraph, but, you know, this is his words. I struggle to think about FIFA 21 outside of the context of its evil money spinner. But for the sake of argument, I'll give it a shot. Here we have a fun, over-the-top football game with loads of modes and meaningful improvements across the board. There is no big new feature. FIFA 21 is like a festival without a headline act. There'll be plenty of people who wonder why this game couldn't have been an update for FIFA 20. I've spent a lot of time thinking about that, and as a disgruntled FIFA 20 player, I've struggled to come up with an appropriate explanation other than money. I look at the likes of Fortnite and how a Fortnite 2 doesn't make much sense for anyone, and I imagine a world where Ultimate Team is a free-to-play standalone game. Wouldn't that be better? And, and I think what that speaks to is the fact that there is, um, uh, this ties to the crit- critical consensus piece I wrote, which is our format where we kind of look at reviews of contemporary games, and like not just the reviews, but the kind of context those games exist in. So FIFA 21 this year, what I looked at was a, a marked decline in the review scores for FIFA since his kind of like heyday around the middle of the 2000s. Like it was kind of getting consistently around sort of 90, 91, 92, and now it's down to around 70, 71, 72. And that's the kind of thing that I think publishers would be pretty frightened about if it were any other franchise. But with FIFA, you have Ultimate Team. Um, the other part of the critical consensus piece is user reviews. I mean, we generally look at things like Metacritic because it is about criticism but user reviews have sunk to a pit like you're looking at sort of seven eight nine around around 2006 2007 you're down to like 1.1 1.2 and what you will see over and over and over again in those user reviews is ultimate team ultimate team loot boxes loot boxes um so there is a an issue here and like the perceived issue among the player base is not gambling it's actually that 
the presence of Ultimate Team within and obviously the money that it generates is kind of detrimental to the game around it. I think it's kind of ties to what you're saying there, Chris, where actually it could be beneficial. I mean, let you know, put the the dubiousness of Ultimate Team to one side. Um, you know, it, it might be better for everybody if Ultimate Team became a separate thing because then it could be properly regulated, it could be properly signposted and age-gated and FIFA could remain a product for all ages. I mean, I think, I know what you mean, Brendan, that it's not really the point. Gambling would, if, if it was... If, if if these loot boxes were proven to be gambling or kind of legally declared to be gambling, it doesn't really matter whether it's for kids or not because it's still, you know, it still, um, still needs to be handled a certain way. But with Ultimate Team off to one side, as you say, Chris, it could be its own thing. It could be a service-based free-to-play type game with monetization like that, but it could also be handled differently. Wrapping them together has increasingly become an issue, not just on that kind of legal, you know, political level, as we're seeing constantly in the headlines at the moment, but actually for the player base as well. Like It just doesn't really seem to be doing anybody any good to have these two things so tightly knitted. Like, one of the things that you brought up, Brendan, is that EA is kind of, you know, putting its hands behind its back and whistling and going, oh, no, this this isn't remotely like gambling. We're just we're just not going to talk about it. We're, we're only going to make a move when there is so much pressure on us that we absolutely have to. Um, and I noticed this. Um, I noticed this as well in the court case that was filed against them. So I, I don't play FIFA. I have I don't really know how these things work. Um, but the, the court case filed this week was alleging that they used this patent uh, patented technology that they have called dynamic difficulty adjustment. It's, um, and I promise I have a point here. Um, it's a, it's basically this thing where it, it adjusts the difficulty of the game, um, to kind of, you know, fit the player to make sure that they're not either playing a game that's way too easy or way too hard and get frustrated and stop playing. And I, that makes sense in like a single player game, right? Like you, you maybe don't want someone to just get bored and run away or be like so annoyed that they don't, you know, they don't keep playing. Um, but the, the lawsuit is saying that EA was using this technology to in in FIFA, in Madden, in NHL, um, I think going back to like 2016, uh, to basically so encourage people to buy more loot boxes. The idea being that oh they just got this really good player and they start playing with him and it goes well for a while, but then this this technology is used and all of a sudden things start getting hard again and they're like oh well I need obviously I need better players and so it's using it as encouraging a spending mechanism. Now I don't know um, if EA actually does use that technology in those games. The lawsuit says that they do and the lawsuit says that they have not disclosed it and the lawsuit also says that they have adamantly denied using that technology in those games for you know however many years and you can go back and find articles um, in Eurogamer and other places where people are like hey there's evidence you're using this tech to push loot boxes what's the deal and they're like no we don't use that tech in those games um so it's all goes back to the fact that ea keeps trying to pretend that these things are not happening that these things are not a problem until overwhelmingly other forces and other bodies force them to acknowledge that it's a thing like at the bare minimum level and that's gonna come back to bite them at some point especially when it comes to these loot boxes i mean it might be it might not be tomorrow it might not be next year even the year after that but i i wonder event how long they can keep this up before finally enough governing bodies say yeah this is gambling and you need to fix your nonsense because uh i mean you can't 
kids under 18 aren't allowed in casinos. And if they decide that FIFA is basically one giant casino, then EA's got a problem on their hands. And so I think the suggestion of splitting them off is a really, really smart one. Um, but that would require EA showing initiative and acknowledging that this is a thing. And I, I just haven't seen any evidence that they're going to do that. Yeah, I think that's actually a good uh, good thing to be reminded of. Like, because you know, within the team, we probably all have differing perspectives on to what degree you know uh, a FIFA Ultimate Team pack looks like gambling or any loot box for that matter. It's not these issues are related to Ultimate Team because it's become a bit of a lightning rod. But also, like as you say, Rebecca, it's it's really not about what we individually think. Like there are forces at play right now which will create a huge problem for EA, whether we agree with it or disagree with it or not. These wheels are kind of in motion, and we're we're kind of seeing it's not going away, but there kind of is no obvious resolution or compromise that seems to be on the table at the moment. Interestingly, actually, Rebecca, what you just you said something there that made me go, oh, they really should split these out because um, dynamic difficulty sounds like the perfect thing for FIFA. Um, I convinced you of something? Oh, my God. Well, no, no, no. I, it, was, it, was, it was just the whole idea. Because the thing is, um, I, I haven't played FIFA for a while, but I always used to, I don't know if the difficulty settings are the same, but um, semi-pro is what I always play the game in. Um, and uh, yeah, and um, I, I, semi-pro is a bit too easy for me. Um, I always play the game. Oh God, I always win this. You know, I need to. I need to actually have a challenge here. But when I go up to the next difficulty level, I always lose. And it's like, it, 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 and the idea that the game would tweak things up and down a little bit as I go in order to make sure the game stays challenging for me is actually FIFA can be too easy. It can be too hard depending on you know where you are. Um, and I think that would be really good. But then I sit there think, of course, though, if you use that in Ultimate Team, you're turning a game. You're making a game harder for you. Um, uh, you're making you're making a game that's supposed to be about you know you getting better because you're buying the better players you're making that harder and you're making the players less good so it's like well that's a problem and i think you can already see i mean i don't know if they're using the tech in the game or not but you're already seeing that there's a there's there's stuff there that conflicts with the two with the two sides of that game the the career mode and the and the and the multiplayer local multiplayer game and then the this ultimate team mode it does i say i i think i think matt what matt was saying earlier about the review scores i think i think it's hurting the scores it's hurting people's reception to the game um, people are not talking about there was a time was it 10 years ago even when ultimate team was only just getting started 10 11 years ago people kept talking about how fifa was getting better and better and how it's completely eclipsed pro evolution soccer and how amazing it is and now the conversation is all about ultimate team the quality of that product has been completely ignored um and i and and i and i and i think it's because the, 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 there's a problem mode in it um and I, 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 I think the EA will. I, I think it will happen. I think it will happen eventually. The EA will take that out of the game, um, or you know. Yeah, well, I think. Yeah, I, I think that these trends are kind of undeniable. I mean, and I'm talking about the kind of the scrutiny of Ultimate Team and, and what what its kind of surprise mechanics truly represent. How you would define those and, and what that would mean, what what consequences that would have. But also the game itself. I mean, I I am a FIFA player. Like, I play FIFA more than any other game every single year, and I think this is something that you know i will publish things and occasionally like a publisher will will kind of you know it's kind of almost rote like you publish something that's that's slightly critical of something somebody does and and they kind of send an email saying maybe you shouldn't be saying this i'm not saying that ea is going to do that but 
I think that there's often a tendency to to kind of feel attacked when discussions like this take place. We're talking, but we're not really talking about this to kind of get at FIFA or to degrade FIFA. And like I am someone who actually loves FIFA. And what Chris said is absolutely true. Like FIFA used to feel kind of essential. And now I still buy it every year, but it doesn't really feel necessary to buy it every year anymore because I don't play Ultimate Team. Don't care about it at all. What I care about is the career mode. Career mode actually got a little bit more love than it normally does this year, but it had basically not changed in five years before that. And that is a long, long time to completely ignore like a fairly substantial part of a game's player base. And I think that it's just been possible to do that because you've got this huge amount of revenue coming in through one part of the game that the rest of it just gets tweaked a little bit. In my critical consensus piece, I did note that reading all of these FIFA 21 reviews, you're kind of more like, you're, it just reminds you of reading a survey of kind of patch notes. It's like, oh, this year, you know, the, uh, fast players are a bit more effective or this time crossing works a little bit better. But then you go back a couple of years and you read you read the reviews from that year and you realise that these that these things used to be the same two or three iterations before, then they got switched back and now they've been switched back again. So it's kind of this impression of most of the game just gets tinkered with while FIFA on the team gets innovated on. And that is not great, I will say. And I am slowly kind of for, for getting this out. I bought FIFA 21. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's just basically last year's game. I mean, it's not, there's not much meaningful going on there. And I've started to think that actually you could have a FIFA my Ultimate Team live service game. And actually FIFA could just be a live service game as well. And you update player rosters and maybe buy those and like maybe under a season pass kind of kind of business model but like the whole $60 box thing just doesn't really seem to suit it that well anymore I have a question about that Matt so what if again as someone who does not play FIFA at all I'm um, given everything that you just said if in a hypothetical universe let's say next year at FIFA 22 they say okay we're gonna split off ultimate team it's now a free-to-play game it's got you know all these things you can play ultimate team whatever um and then FIFA is, as an annual franchise is gonna be a standalone thing without that what what does FIFA look like without Ultimate Team? Like, is it do they release games every like what do they do every year to make it stand out? Like, what at what point does FIFA need Ultimate Team? I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I mean, I, I think it's it's a good and, and fairly impossible question to answer. I would say because I think if you take Ultimate Team out of FIFA, I don't know how many. This is the thing we talk about Ultimate Team as like a problematic mode. I do think it's problematic whether you would agree it's gambling or not like it's causing problems it's the definition of problematic but the issue is like how many copies does fifa sell if fifa ultimate team is over there like how many people you know like how many people play call of duty for the story how many people play for multiplayer mode it is pretty difficult to define it's it's not clear whether fifa would justify any greater level like the other parts of fifa would justify any greater level of investment they already get if you take fifa ultimate team away because it's clear that some people play FIFA FIFA, FIFA for only Ultimate Team. And I am different from that. I I do not like gambling. Like, I don't want anything to do with it. And, and I'm not saying just saying this. Before any of this conversation about gambling around Ultimate Team cropped up, I didn't want to play FIFA on the team because it felt a bit like a fruit machine to me. Um, and I don't like that. Like, I never have. been to Las Vegas four times. I've never, never put a single coin in a single slot machine. Like, like I, it's, it's something I don't enjoy whatsoever. But... The problem with the rest of the game is, I don't. I, I think it would still just struggle to justify being sixty bucks every year because really, what you, one year is not that much time to do very much to a game. 
one, because like, there's still a lot to create with FIFA just to get it the same way it was the year before. And really, you buy it just to get the, the player rosters. And just so I can, I mean, for me, like it's about I'll take control of Manchester United and put together my dream Manchester United team. And that's the fantasy that I play out every year. That's, that's what I play it for. And 60 bucks seems like a lot for that, you know, just to get new player names on the same yeah. character models. So uh, you're right. So this is interesting because obviously I remember when FIFA was going for its big renaissance, you know, with its new team in Canada and it was going, it was doing really, really well. But every year the game felt like it was having a bit of a step up. And they had this thing where they envisioned what the game would look like in five years. And then they said, right, these are the five big steps we need to take to get it to that point in five years. It's the iterative model. And it really felt like every time I bought, I bought new FIFA. That's the only time, only generation, the 360 generation was the only generation I bought FIFA every year because it felt like I was buying a new game every year. Did you, you know, the, the, the game felt different and played differently. They completely overhauled this and that. And I remember going to EA UK's office and speaking to David Rutter, who was the guy in charge at the time. And I said, um, and I put a question, I ran out of time. I, I, I had a lot of time with him and I asked all my questions and I decided to ask a question my mate Ben is obsessed with. He says he hates the celebrations in FIFA. They don't look big enough. He says, when are you going to do bigger celebrations? And he laughed and he said, the moment we put in a bigger celebrations for when they win a cup or a trophy is the moment that, you know, we've run out of things to put in the game. And then about three years ago, they completely overhauled the celebration mode and shut yeah, them and made it significantly. <laughs> now, now, like every, every single button triggers a different celebration. And, it's all um, and it was and like when that. I mean celebrations, I mean like when they win a trophy and it comes out onto the pitch and everything. They, they don't. They sort of just did a quick. The way they do it before is like a menu comes up saying congratulations, and now they sort of go all out. Um, and and I, I laughed at that because it suggested to me that actually maybe they've kind of hit the point where they thought, well, this is where we want the game to be, and actually they don't know. Or maybe they, I'm sure they do, but it, the changes they're making are, are marginal and, and tweaking things here and up and down and moving the levers. And I think that is a problem the game has. And it might be that, but also I know lots of people do buy it just because they want the new kits. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, but I mean, and that, and that is true. I think that we're now in an, so back then, so in, in my piece, I noted that FIFA 10, FIFA 11, FIFA 12, FIFA 13, they all scored around a 90 Metacritic average, right? So that's like one of the best reviewed games of the year. Now that has, I think the most recent one was about 72. So uh, the point I make in my critical consensus piece is that it's not really useful to look at reviews on a 0 to 10 scale in that way because when you've got a AAA game with this much money spent in it, they almost never score below 5. I mean, you've got a game like Anthem, just to pick another EA game. One, one of the kind of the... the you know the uh, more disastrous launches of recent years let's say I mean even that game got like 60 odd something like that you know what I mean a game that nobody played no one really cared for I mean it, I, I think that if it were any other franchise that kind of like that kind of drop in, in critic sentiment would actually cause a bit of a rethink um, you know, when you when you go from getting sort of ninety average year after year after year down to you know sort of seventy ish year after year, that that means something is going wrong. The issue that FIFA has got is it's got a license to print money. So what what incentive is there to address the problem? You know, there's two different ways of looking at success, isn't there? One of them is like how admired you are. The other one is how much money you're making and. EA has one and a half billion perfectly good reasons every single year to not really care too much about whether people seem to be falling out of love with this biggest IP. Interesting, interesting though. Sort of aside, because we, we go, I just because we because we'd mentioned Codemasters for the call because obviously they're the big studio there. Is I found out only found out in September that Codemasters obviously they do an iterative sports franchise in F1, and they hit upon a similar issue where sort of when they 
were, were saying that F1 get each F1 game was only being marginally improved over the last one. It was that iterative issue. And so what they've done is they have two teams working on F1 and they have one working on one game and the next one arrives two years late and then they work on the next one for two years later. So actually their dev cycle is two years, but they have one every year because they have two dev teams working on it. And I think, you know, I've looked at the recent F1 games and they've, they've scored better and better as a result of that, I think. That's another way they can do it. But I think, though, that's a way of being able to potentially make bigger strides of each FIFA without, um, uh, without uh, uh, in, in the way the game's done now, to answer Rebecca's question from before. But um, you, there, isn't, there isn't any incentive, to, as Matt said, there's no incentive to do it. Like the bad critical review scores isn't affecting the popularity of that game. Um, it, yeah, so it's it's I even even the sales figures now FIFA this year FIFA's down this year compared to last year but it's a next gen console transition year when the Series X and the PS5 game launches in December that's probably gonna it's probably gonna be about the same um, it it feels and you know when unit numbers aren't the def defining element of its success it doesn't help either because if the review scores are bad if all the people that don't like Ultimate Team aren't buying it yet the game still makes more money every year then then it, if anything it means there's less incentive to invest in the quality of the product. Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure EA, I'm, whether it's EA or the creators behind that game, I'm sure that's not how they feel or think. And and you know, and I'm sure they want to be the best. And and you know, they want everyone to play that game. Um, and you know, they've got license holders to please as well. They they'll want that. They don't. They want. They want to be associated with certain quality. But it's um, it is it is. Also, I'll be interested to see what they do. To be honest, because I think you know, it it's coming under attack, and they'll have to make some bigger move than what the move they've made this week is. And I, they acknowledge that in their own statement. So um, uh, I'll be interested to see what that is. I buy FIFA every year and I do think it is a pretty amazing product. It's There's so much in there. There's so much to do. If this is your kind of thing and it is mine, it, you cannot spend $60 better in the, in the on, a, on video games than you can on FIFA. Like it's, it's an absolute lock. I buy it on day one. And like I, while I do feel like it has sort of stagnated somewhat, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like what I get doesn't basically still satisfy me. It definitely does. But I think what, what it is actually is it's become so big and it's become so full of content that it actually kind of feels like three or four different games in one, only one of which is FIFA Ultimate Team. Um, and like kind of you can speculate on how much could be changed or the way they could change development but I, I do feel like the way it's been particularly the last two or three iterations uh, the the importance of on the team I'd be very surprised if there weren't people on the EA dev team that didn't kind of share some of these concerns right like the, that there are parts of the game that could be better different overhaul that they just don't have time to do because there's this one mode that, that really dominates all else. And it's a mode that is, seems to be causing issues. And I think one thing that Brendan did say in his piece that I think is worth pointing out again is you have sort of amassing political will that seems to want to call this, these things gambling, whether they whether you agree with that or not. And the fear across the industry is that these sorts of people, and, and this is something that Yuki says and Tiga says, these are the UK trade bodies, is that these people don't understand games well enough to kind of regulate the, the these sorts of practices properly and that their regulations could hurt everyone. Um, and I think one of the dangers, one of the the way in which the EA is fight, playing with fire here is that sort of, well, fairly or not, FIFA has become a bit of a lightning rod for this issue in the eyes of kind of regulators and so on. They, I, th I think some action, some progressive action, as you say, Chris, is needed because what we don't want is heavy-handed regulation to come in and make things more difficult for people that are a little bit more responsible around this stuff. Um, it is, it, 
does feel like a real crossroads here. And, and, and you just got to hope that this way yeah, is done, which, as Brendan said, is progress and progress is always welcome. But you've got to hope that it is the first step and that there is a kind of a will to, to kind of face up to this stuff in a way that, you know, it's taken 13 years and, and kind of required court cases and appearing in front of the European Commission to actually, you know, motivate. On that determinedly hopeful note... <laughs> Um, you can always go back and listen to previous episodes of this podcast on all good podcasting platforms. Once you're on that good podcasting platform, consider subscribing so it'll let you know whenever another episode appears. And you can and should get your daily dose of news and insight into the world behind games at gamesindustry.biz. Thanks, everybody. See, what's fun, actually, is I'm literally in eight minutes' time, I'm going to go in the other room and I'm going to turn on FIFA and play it for four hours. And that's, uh, that's the way it is. <laughs>